0: Romans twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Welcome to the Bridgeway Christian Church Daily Advent Devotional for Friday, December 15th. My name is Brian Kiley, and I serve as the Director of Discipleship at Bridgeway. Today, I'm going to talk about the power of peacemaking. When I was a kid, one of the first things I would do every morning was go outside and get the newspaper. My motivation was to get to the sports section and study the box scores. But in the course of digging through the paper, I would inevitably see headlines and pictures from the non-sports world. One picture that remains stuck in my memory is of a soldier wearing a blue helmet and holding a large gun. The year was 1993. The picture was taken in Bosnia and the caption identified the soldier as a United Nations peacekeeper. He had been deployed to the region because of the horrific conflict that had overtaken that part of the world. That description did not make sense to my 11-year-old brain. How can you call a man carrying a huge gun a peacemaker, I thought. As an adult, I can better understand the answer to that question, and I can appreciate the role soldiers like that played in trying to reduce the violence in that tragic conflict. However, Calling that man a peacekeeper highlights for me the contrast between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper looks to prevent violence and may even use violence to do so. A peacemaker actively seeks to bring about conditions of peace. A peacekeeper acts as a third party, intervening to prevent hostilities between two entities who aren't getting along. A peacemaker is someone who handles their own affairs in a peace-promoting manner. I'm reminded of the words of Psalm 34, verse 14. Seek peace and pursue it. Peacekeeping has its own very important place, but Christians are called to something beyond it. We are called to peacemaking. When Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. We are not called to simply prevent dissension. We are called to do the work of building peace. And he does not say peacemakers are blessed because they will not suffer, nor does he say they are blessed because their peacemaking efforts will always be successful. A commitment to peacemaking doesn't guarantee that conflict won't find us. Jesus says peacemakers will be called children of God. And that's why we are to make peace. We miss the point if we read that to mean that peacemaking is some sort of precondition of our acceptance by God. It's not. Rather, when we live as peacemakers, we live into our identity as God's children and show the watching world our commitment to God and our transformation by him through our distinctive lives. We look to Jesus whose commitment to peacemaking was so thorough that he gave up his very life. And then we carry that same commitment as we go about our lives. We humans are a species seemingly obsessed with conflict and violence. When a group of people refuses to play that game and instead maintains a steadfast commitment to peace, even in the face of suffering, the world takes notice. There is power in peacemaking that confounds worldly wisdom. Earlier this year, I read a fantastic new biography of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And in reading about his life, I marveled afresh at his commitment to peacemaking. As Dr. King and his supporters were relentlessly and violently attacked Often by professing Christians, King refused to be swayed by those who wanted him to respond in kind. His commitment to nonviolence and to the costly work of peacemaking changed the world. I think also of the words of one of my heroes, German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said, quote, Jesus' disciples maintain peace by choosing to suffer instead of causing others to suffer. That is how they overcome evil with good. That is how they are makers of divine peace in a world of hatred and war. But their peace will never be greater than when they encounter evil people in peace and are willing to suffer from them. Peacemakers will bear the cross with their Lord, for peace was made at the cross. And this was someone who knew something about encountering evil people as he was a leader of the church in Germany that was seeking to resist Adolf Hitler around World War II. This call to peacemaking, of course, goes beyond not resorting to physical violence. It has deep implications for how we navigate relationships. A few decades after Jesus's death, Paul was giving instructions to the church in Rome when he wrote in Romans 12, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I like to think of myself as pretty easy to get along with, but inevitably I end up in interpersonal conflicts from time to time. More often, however, I'm called in to referee someone else's conflict. And it is remarkable to me how often I encounter people willing to excuse their own bad behavior because they had a reason for it. I'm sad to say I've even caught myself doing this. The truth is, nearly all of us have a reason for our peace-preventing behavior— Whether it's snapping at our partner, being rude to a customer service representative, mocking someone who thinks differently than we do, or posting something degrading on social media. We rarely do these things for no reason at all. We do these things because we want to defend ourselves, or fight back, or because we're tired or stressed, or because someone said something wrong and gosh darn it, we're going to set them straight. Regardless of our reasons, these behaviors cause harm, and they directly prevent peace. When we deny the harm we've caused or seek to justify it, we only make things worse. In a world where we all want to make excuses and blame other people for our own offensive behavior, we're called to be peacemakers. And as far as it depends on us, live peaceably with all while owning our mistakes when we make them. If we do this, we might suffer. Jesus's commitment to peacemaking ended with his death on the cross, but this is our calling as those who look to Jesus as our example. And so I leave you with this very simple question. How can you be a peacemaker today? Maybe it's by being extra self-aware of how you're feeling so that you're less likely to lash out in a moment of tiredness or frustration. Maybe it's by taking a nap so that you can be more patient. Maybe it's by giving extra grace to the people you interact with and remembering that every person you meet today is longing for acceptance and is carrying some sort of pain. Maybe it's by asking God to help you see people through his eyes. Maybe it's by remembering that God paid the ultimate price to make peace with us and he asks us to extend that peace out into the world. Maybe it's by a commitment to live by the words of Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Whatever that looks like for you, may we all remember that while peacekeeping has its place as followers of Jesus, we are called to be peacemakers. And it is through our commitment to peacemaking in an angry and hostile world that others will see the light of Christ shining in us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to be peacemakers. Would you rescue us from being men and women who justify our bad behavior and our peace-preventing behavior because we have a reason for it? And would you instead form us into people with a steadfast commitment to peace? May you use us in our relationships, in the random human interactions we have to be vessels of your peace in a world that desperately needs a touch of it. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen.